God help. Oh, I can't even remember the name. That Ed's Diner. Ed's Diner is just a white space. Oh, and then the, the simulation of Rogers. And then... Like, <laughs> I've never seen... Because, you know, I feel like in classic diners... In 50s dinosaur, they have that thing of like, oh yeah, our staff get in on the act and they're performing yeah. as well. Yeah. Ed's diner staff are beyond. They're just holy like, shit. Ed's diner staff. You're in the 50s, yeah. All right, just <laughs> <laughs> no, eat your rubbery hot dog and. <laughs> Can you say something from the past? I hate you. I want, <laughs> I want you. I hate you personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> We went to school together, Daniel, and I hate you. <laughs> yeah, just literally like it's I, just my yeah. normal Ed's Diner experience. That is just I used to I used to, I, I went to Ed's Diner thinking it would be fun. <laughs> was never, again, yeah, never is there more like forced whimsy than mm. you know. It's like Ed's Diner, and when the people at TGI Fridays have to sing Happy Birthday, that's like that is the dark heart of like gun to your head service employment where mm. you have to. You have to imagine working at Ed's Diner. I know they don't really make you do it, but that is the premise mm-hmm. where it's like, for a wage, we want you to yeah. pretend you're from the 1950s, a real decade that we mostly know from Mad Men. Like, that's what we expect from you. I want you to... Yeah. Here's a stack of books. <laughs> I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to ask you who the president is. And if you say anything other than Eisenhower, you are fired. <laughs> Oh. oh, I like Dick Nixon's chance in the next go-round. <laughs> Said the 17-year-old me and, hey, trying to me earn and, weed money. Me and my gal going steady. I'm going to go riot with some <laughs> greases in, 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 in the car Yeah, you've correctly identified the tension there as well, which yeah. is that, like, oh, yeah, me and my, me and my best gal are going to go straight from the sock up to the race <laughs> war. <laughs> like I'm gonna I've got a broken bottle and I'm gonna stick it in some guy's eye and then I'm gonna walk my girlfriend to the door and kiss her on the cheek Listeners, I have been suffering from gastroenteritis, so I wouldn't be able to consume this podcast. It's That's Rich. <laughs> oh my god, I hope you leave in the bit where you say to me earnestly, I think I know what I'm going to say. This is the podcast where uh, me and my good colleague here, Rory Kelly, uh, discuss Hello. the wacky the wild and the downright evil of all rich people across time we hope one day they will fall but alas the hierarchy remains this is <laughs> you know we're uh, we're 10 episodes in and the <laughs> the, uh, the wages system and the division <laughs> between owner and worker still stands yeah. i thought i i know it it will eventually but i i didn't think it would take this long I did not want to keep doing this, folks, but we will keep doing it for the cause. Um, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, we take uh, we talk about different topics and figures from 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 history and now, just insane rich people's stories. Just how how out of their tree can 
you get when you have a large bank balance. Um, I'm Daniel McKeown, as I said. Uh, Rory, how Yes, are you? hello. I'm good. Uh, another day uh, at the grindstone, which is just the table next to my bed. Uh, <laughs> another day at the grindstone, which is my personal suffering. Yeah, oh, <laughs> just oh, clocking in, which means putting on socks. <laughs> <laughs> Socking in, clock if you will. Out. Clock out, which means jacking off. <laughs> uh, yeah, going on the old lunch hour, that also means jacking off. Um, <laughs> hang on, sorry, sorry. I do just want to ask, how are you? You, you mentioned oh, you were yes, ill. Oh, yes, I have been violently ill with diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, so I, I, I decided to uh, contract a more patrish uh, viral disease, mm. uh, which yeah. was, um, as I said, gastroenteritis. Um, this is mm-hmm. just sort of uh, aggressive bowel movements, um, <laughs> liquid shit. Um, and it's just <laughs> taken me for a turn, man. It's just absolutely knocked me out. I've done. I, I didn't eat for like two, three days. And then I was just like Jesus. eating Cheerios and, and hoping it wouldn't just gutter yeah, just, out of me. Yeah, just small dry foods. Yeah. Um, and um, then I have to say, I yeah, and then just sort of weird fever dreams where I had to figure out a sort of legal case. <laughs> 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 Is that a real one? Yeah, it was like there was different payouts to be made, but they were all greedy and gave wrong numbers and spoke in gibberish. And it was also cut like a doctor who dream sequence it was because it was a dream um, oh man that's a good dream it was like a dream <laughs> yeah, sequence like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah that is that is guy who has to reference doctor who for everything yeah, next yeah, level yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dream like they sometimes have in yeah, doctor who love my life like the um, uh, runaway bride episode where there's a wedding <laughs> Uh, us at 15 folks um i was gonna say you you told me dan messaged me and he was like i have a fever and i'm not feeling very well and i was like holy shit dan dan's got it dan dan's been following all the rules but he's he's still he's still caught the rona and then when you told me it was in fact the shitting disease (laughs) i have to tell you there was like a really and this isn't fair because you you were ill but like quite a big sense of relief in a big way because i was like it's nice to know that amid a terrifying global pandemic people still get the funny diseases (laughs) like you know you know you can still be just holed up in the toilet like that's you know a bug made that yeah that happened to you you know yeah but listen you did not come here to hear about my medical f- what it what is or isn't falling out of my ass um you came here to hear about uh the uh just the the bad and the evil of of rich people and we always start with this show uh with basically we take turns researching a topic or a figure in rich people culture and we uh sort of talk about it analyze it say our feelings um but firstly we like to start with our segment called minor royalties uh, which is where we talk about what's happening today in our uh, in our world of 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 rich people. Uh, I have one Thanks. here, which was just I think you probably saw this. Go I don't on. know if you did actually. So, uh, you know, celebrities trying to do their best in these trying times to bring us entertainment, uh, a big one, but also big corporations that definitely care about us. Uh, Fortnite and Travis Scott teamed up to do a concert on Fortnite 
Yeah. Um, I saw a bit of this, yeah. To do the most sorts of aggressive advertising to children. Um, just, <laughs> just to get those three, you get those streams up with kids begging, just running the batteries out on their parents' iPhone. Um, yeah. The game with the fan base whose, like, brains are mostly, like, still wet yeah, and half-formed uh, and just, like... And if like... you didn't watch it, so they basically just did a concert on, on that and Travis Scott performed, except he was, like, a huge Travis Scott. It did kind of slap. The visuals were pretty yeah. cool. I watched it. I saw some of the visuals. So the, visu- the visuals were cool. I do take issue with you saying Travis Scott performed because I also watched some of the video and that was clearly just That's his true. songs playing. That is true. Like the yeah. studio mixes of his songs playing over what was pretty... Yeah, so he was like huge and, and the closer you got, he kept changing and becoming different versions of Travis Scott. Like he was Mysterio uh, and he was he was, um, he was was Clifford the Big Red Travis yeah, Scott. Yeah, he was underwater. And, uh, Tickle Me Elmo and, Travis Scott. And, and, and yeah, and then he was I, yeah, underwater. Yeah. Regrettably, I was into it. But it did feel weird. <laughs> Folks, I regret to inform you. I was... I, I, well, I fucked well, with it. watching I it, it I was thinking... It was cool. I thought it was Watching right. it, I thought it was like... I, I don't know many artists whose image is still kind of cool in the Fortnite world. Like, I, can you think of anyone else <laughs> on that level that could be re- recreated in Fortnite and not be, like, really cringy? Because he did it in a way that looked no, kind of... No, no, I actually of, can't. Like, he pulled it off, kind of. But but it's... Yeah, absolutely. It's, As we all know, any adult who enters the Fortnite realm is immediately the least cool person because you get shot by an eight-year-old in South Korea default, who just yeah. wrecks your shit called you like know, swoops down and gets you and... yeah swoops down in you know using mechanics you didn't know exist in the game like oh you can teleport holy shit and then beta slayer 49 <laughs> yeah, 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 like, exactly. just peppers you with bullets and you can be like that is that's my version of Rivolino's thing is you can have all the money in the world but when yeah, you enter yeah. the Fortnite zone you are you are a cuck so yeah it's like the um yeah, it's just, it was just bizarre. I, I was, I, yeah, I, I used to play that on a trackpad, which I've been informed by many gamers was just a hideous. I've told to many gamers and they've been in shock. They've been like, oh, like, why? That is the dumbest thing in the world that, that you played for on a trackpad. I'm not paying for anything for Fortnite. I'm not giving Fortnite any money. <laughs> not even a mouse. I not wanted to, buy to a mouse. be like, you know, the fastest gun in the West, but on a trackpad, just be like, <laughs> he doesn't even need a mouse. But no, I did need a mouse. I did really need a mouse. You needed a mouse, um, maybe even a controller. Yeah, that's, a very, that's ridiculous. A, it's a very cynical move on Fortnite's part and on Travis Scott's part, I think. Um, yeah. Just like, yeah, just getting your streams up based on like flashy, literally going like jingle, 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 but also really. Yeah. <laughs> but clearly it worked on me, so who am I to judge? <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, we we as this podcast will attest, we regularly fall for the jingle, jingle, jingle. Yeah. Um, Which kind of just when, when there are people <laughs> doing worse things than Travis Scott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't drink the whole um, thing. Yeah, no, it's the perfect, <laughs> the perfect version of this. Yeah, the the new uh, the new thing rich people are offering us, which is this weird little cyberspace that you can enter into in lieu of actually like ever going to a real concert again. Um, and obviously, this will become more of a thing. Um, as uh, as we're increasingly forced to social distance, mm. I hope there was one on there was similar to Minecraft, and uh, there was a Minecraft hosted gig festival thing. But uh, we'll see. That's now that's not as cool. 
I don't know it why I fit the aesthetic because cool. it was different. It was more alternative artists. It was like a hundred Gex and Charlie XCX. And it stuff. would have to be yeah. Like I don't think <laughs> Travis Scott in the Minecraft universe would stress me out. He would like he's the guy who comes along and just ruins all your stuff just because he thinks it's funny. Mm. He just pours lava into your into the into your living room and sets everything on fire. Yeah, it's... don't disturb my tranquil little Minecraft fantasy. Mm, God, that does sound nice. Uh, we we should mention this came oh, out today. God. Yeah, fuck I don't have me. the story in front of me. Uh, so Elon Musk in in news that no one's happy about. Uh, Elon Musk and Grimes are having a baby. Um, oh my God! It's a baby boy. XA it's a boy. It's a boy. Like we know like we know anything about this fucking spawn. <laughs> it's carbon based life. That's the most we can it's possibly a robot say butler. at this stage. It's a clone butler. Yeah, it's not, exactly. not it could be fucking anything. Mm. It could be a silicone power cell yeah. at this point. Like it oh my god. <laughs> okay, so it's the little thing in a Dalek. It's a little <laughs> that's, the, that's the baby. <laughs> It's the rotten... I mean, I mean, Elon Musk is certainly building up his Davros credentials yeah. as time goes on. Um, yeah, so Elon Musk uh, and his his actual... The, act, the actual human being mm-hmm. who... This is something I thought, I thought was very interesting. So the, the, Elon Musk and, and his girlfriend um, have, have sired an heir who they have jokingly... Have, have said they may name X... A-E, but the A-E that's one letter, A-12, mm. right? Which, I don't know what that means. Uh, Elon Musk likes the the the, uh, so the letter X. He puts, he's the least cool fucking loser in the so world. Unfunny. But um, everyone was talking about how this is weird, right? And it is weird, but I mean, the the mother of this child is a, is a fully adult person who we all just call Grimes because we don't know what else to call her. Yeah. I mean, no one knows her name. So I don't know why anyone's surprised. I mean, it's as predictably lame as ever. You know she's an artist, I know right? it's... A, I know it, yeah, but we, we call her okay, Grimes, okay. don't yeah, yeah, we? Yeah, sorry. I just... But she just <laughs> had a kid. Yeah. Sorry. I understand. I understand she chose the name. I understand it's mm-hmm. an artist's name, blah, blah, blah. But, like, do you know her real name? No. I know that she's no, uh, exactly. from money, but other than that. Yeah, well, I could have told you that. I didn't want you to um, think I was an idiot. I had to save myself that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the time on a tradition of me bullying you on this show, <laughs> you've, you've showed up well. Um, yeah, I mean... I have nothing to add. Elon Musk is difficult for us. We talk about him occasionally. I'm sure we'll eventually do an app. But I mean, he he just he makes everything that we would ever want to joke about into its least funny possible iteration. I know it's unfair because it, this is an actual uh, a, a, a miraculous human life that's come into the world at a great time of crisis, and I'm saying it's cringe, but it is cringe. Okay, it's just and I'm not going to distracting from all the fucking 10k losers in his mentions. <laughs> they're all like yeah. hundreds of people will be like, I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he's like, I have a baby called to do XAC. Like just, I have a baby called. He plays the synth like he does. He has a soundboard. That's the only way you can hear the baby's name. Um, I, 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 I gotta yeah, think uh, it's publicity slightly. I don't know. Oh, it definitely is. Okay, just quickly before we move on, um, 
what what do we think this demon child will contribute to history? This this child is going to be a big deal. There's no there's no way this child comes out of it as as anything other than a huge uh, think, uh, player uh, in the coming events. I think it's going to get switched out like sort of man in the iron mask style but then <laughs> is retrieved by a plucky rogue band of space uh thieves to fight the ro- to kill <laughs> to be the one who can wield yeah, the yeah. um thing the ultra light beam yeah you can work on that later this is this isn't a pitch don't worry <laughs> and kills and kills um, the robot fleet yeah uh, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mostly agree. The only detail I'm gonna add is that he's he's not gonna be uh, switched out at birth. He's gonna, well, one day, uh, him and his father Elon Musk will be riding through the town, and there'll be a young peasant boy who looks exactly like him, and, and they'll agree to switch places, <laughs> yeah. and he'll go live in a hut, yeah. and the peasant boy will uh, will pretend to will will go by the moniker X A E A one two. I hope so. Right, so it's time to move on to our main topic of this week. I've been tasked with uh, researching a topic. Um, Indeed. This one was a little tricky for me to decide upon, but I, I, I think I've got something. <laughs> that is so... No, I'm excited to present this this week, sorry. I I, I think there's a real... I guess I guess if you guys want to listen, you know, you can... Uh... Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, shit. Oh, jeez. It's not a... There's, oh. <laughs> there's not a particular sorry. person that we're talking about but it's it's more of a cultural thing that I'd like you to cast your minds back um, to the mid noughties um, because we're talking about uh, the corporatization of mummy bloggers and mum influencers oh Jesus um, Christ so Dan Dan look look me in the eye look at me you know me. <laughs> you know me so well. I heard those words and I was like mm, yes Roy will love this this is like, yeah, this, um, <laughs> the corporatization of money mummy bloggers right hit me the pronunciation of mom and mummy is going to be so hard because a lot of these mom, are American mom. examples ah uh, right okay so are we, do we want to do we want to commit now or do we want to adapt mom. depending on which side of the well, Atlantic like, they are mommy <laughs> mommy these mommy I feel like though <laughs> I feel like though, if you're from Colorado and you're anti-vax and and you're tweeting about and you're you're posting about how you at homeschool, you're a mommy blogger. You're not a mummy blogger. I'm, I'm, no. Yeah, mummy, mummy is ours. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw my line in the English sand and be a bit okay. Sort of colonial against America, which I think is fine because they're not used to that. <laughs> they're not yeah, used to us. <laughs> they're not used to us going. They've been on. They've been on top long enough. It's time for us to have a go. Um. So, I, I guess I want to cast you back to sort of. 2004-2006 the early 2000s were a place where the internet internet communities were still emerging and still had a lot of power and a lot of people went to the internet for information and communities and mum blogs were a way for mums to connect and have a platform to speak about their experience in motherhood um, but over time these became massively successful they would become lauded huge followings and companies mm-hmm. caught wind of this so they would be get they would begin to bring mummy bloggers into the fold in roles. I think one of the, the biggest examples in the mid tens this began to happen. Sorry, this began mm-hmm, one of the mm-hmm. biggest examples of this was Catherine Connors, who wrote a blog that started in two thousand six called Heard Bad Mother, won award winning things, and she was brought in in twenty eleven uh-huh. was brought in as head of content at Disney uh, Interactive before becoming the CCO at, at two other companies. Basically, 
they became aware of she, Jesus. In her words, she says, companies have gotten better. This is, uh, I think, around the time she said, companies have gotten better at realizing that the objective shouldn't be to get your story in front of mums. It should be to have your story become part of hers. So that when mums are in, di- in, are in digital environments, their engagement with what you're doing is organic and authentic. Yeah. That's a profound level of insight from a medium I associate primarily with, like, you know, how to get your kid to eat carrots when, <laughs> yeah, they, when they when they loathe carrots so much yeah um one of the biggest successes of this monetarily just to make it about our premise mm-hmm. uh was when procter and gamble co landed its campaign during the olympic games in london 2012 declaring itself a proud sponsor of moms um which paid <laughs> off to the tune of 500 million dollars in additional sales they, Jesus Christ! And it was Christ. a scheme they ran in the following Olympics and everything else. So that was sort of, I think, for a lot of companies, the turning point where there is mums are a huge demographic. Yeah. Women in in September 2013, it was reported that women control 12.4 trillion dollars of global income, a number that has doubled since then. So Jesus Christ! To understand this market of mums and and their struggles was was mm-hmm. incredibly important. But this has since given way to you know, complete sanitization and complete corruption of the original idea of the mummy blog. It's I yeah, went on yeah. a website which was literally called money.com. Um, <laughs> and this was and, and, our and, sister site, everyone check out money.com. They're, they're essentially a, a sort of LinkedIn grind scam type thing. Mm-hmm. What what the guy was doing basically. It was like, you know, if you yeah. work hard, work weekends you're gonna get somewhere. It's like that, but there's there was a yeah. quote. So there was a, a woman called Fanish Fanush Tarabi. Sorry, um, you said her income has more than doubled since becoming a mum. And quote, she says, "My advice for all mums and even women who are thinking about motherhood and as an option as their future is to really have more faith in your abilities, to be able to master both your career and your home life, your role as a mum and your role as a worker. That you can, as cliche as it sounds, have it all." Which is just this bizarre thing of like, see, hey, see your see your motherhood as a career move yeah. and it's like <laughs> even though it's impossible it's, it's, I did five years as a mum right out of school and then I I transitioned to one of those mums who yells at her kids in Ikea and you know and then um, I really found my niche there so mummy blogging for a lack of better term had shifted from storytelling advice to the development of a vast coalition of female entrepreneurs and influencers set on not just making money themselves but helping others do the same so on the surface having the same community focus but like i'm trying to help you gets a mm-hmm. bit more pyramid scheming and yeah it's actually is ha- harder said than done because the authenticity of a mum blog is as we'll see was viciously held to a high standard if you th- if yeah. you were selling out you were they were like you cancelled they they were not <laughs> and they're mean people some of these mums. ravaged but yeah of um, splitting mums heather ploof of uh, at little pink ladybug designs says it's true that you're supposed to act like you, you're a stay-at-home mom but you're also supposed to have a full-time job please said it's expected that your hair and makeup should be done and that your house is spotless but also that you can afford childcare. and if you work when do you have time for your children you really can't win so you just have to laugh and that's the kind of it, i'm a mom you know that kind <laughs> the, of irreverence guzzling chardonnay yeah, like yeah. A, that's that's kind of incredible actually yeah because that's so that so you know, the, as with many things in like two, the 2000s, sort of pre-YouTube, pre-Twitter internet, you know, there was like an authentic community of people coming together and sharing their difficult experience. It's fucking hard being a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus Christ. 
like the the remember the, i don't know like neither of us were yeah, particularly bad know. children but the uh, the abuse i would give my mum if i had potato yeah. smileys Speak too many yourself. times in a week Speak for yourself man. <laughs> i was i was a little stink i was a little stinker i was really bad i was a wrong little boy I remember I got a Thunderbirds <laughs> annual for Christmas from my nana, and I was literally like, when I was like eight, and I was like, what is this? I hate this. <laughs> I don't even like Thunderbirds. And, <laughs> and my mum was so mad. That's real brat hours. I have so surveyed the work of the Thunderbirds, nana, and it yeah, sucks. so bad. Um, so it was a way of admitting your limitations while yeah. still thinking, but being mum's the best. On, on yeah, the yeah. So like an empowered version of that, yeah. rather than rather than doing what you're doing and just shitting on. It's it's a more kind of I guess just a shame that there's this this push that mums have to have it all and that they'll you know never not be enough to just have you know a kid that's not making loads of money. <laughs> like you know, it's it's. it's a... I'm sorry, the way you phrased that there, it's just yeah, exactly. They have to have it all, you know, like Alexander the Great surveying <laughs> the lands he must conquer. <laughs> Well, yeah. mums are consumed by a deep passion to have it all yeah of course it's a, it's a horrible bind that women it's are putting bizarre complications of, of pressures on women that, that that's just so it's so grotesque the way it mutates that way it just it gets yeah. it's like as soon as you I had the kid and it's like well why aren't you why don't you have a business why aren't you hot why don't I want to fuck you where's your startup what's going on the, yeah. your 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 mummy blog posts are getting so few likes so so what are you saying that that mummy blogs starters as a way for people to express those feelings of stress but but then mutated into their own uh, forms of competition and, and another thing that mums were expected to have you know these um, this new market opened up or not really yes I think so and I think there's also there was something Heather Armstrong who's someone going to talk about um, mm -hmm. said about so she said the biggest stars of the mummy internet now are no longer confessional bloggers they're curators of life they're influencers they're pitch women and with all the photos of minimalist kitchens and the explosion of affiliate links we've lost a source of support and community a place to share vulnerability and find like-minded women and a forum for female expertise and wisdom Mm -hmm. So there's it basically became, I guess, Instagrammed in that like yeah. it became more about uh, sponsors and and you know your your as she says minimalist design which it, it became sort of enfolded into the general Instagram aesthetic. I mean I yeah. think I would make a pitch to say that is, is why people like Kylie Jenner so easily transitioned into basically a mummy influencer with her kid yeah. when she yeah. had a child. It's it's the same. I think that has become slightly, as it sounds, the goal. It's not about, like, because Heather Armstrong was someone who, she wrote Deuce.com, um, which started in 2001 during the dot-com boom, and, and it was all about her sort of, you know, she would tell it as it is, mum, and she would swear, and she'd be like... You know, the real mum. The conversations that went on in those uh, those interminable cups of tea that your mums would have when, when uh, picking up your friend... Can you imagine the fucking gossip that was shared? At them? Oh my god! Don't even get me started. To be a, to be a fly on that one. Um, um, it, yeah, because as it says, sorry, it amassed a cult following for its sharp, witty, and unapologetic look at motherhood's tribulations, and was named after a typo on the word "dude." It's spelled D-O-O-C-E. Don't know how the fuck. Don't know what computer. Don't, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> She's mashing the keys. Is this what? Yeah. Is this all it took in the in the early aughts blogosphere to to get yeah, famous? Yeah, literally. Um... I think that's a good take about the about Kylie Jenner. By the way, I think that's exa- I think that's exactly right. Which is that yeah, like that whole clout world that Kylie Jenner has mastered so well. Yeah, it's it's just the same for for uh, yeah for the world of like mummy influencing and it's really interesting that because Kylie, Kylie Jenner is a really interesting example of that because like I don't know if people remember this but um, like when Instagram started it was also the same as this which is that Instagram was billed as like the anti-social media right it's it's mm. photography it's cool you know you don't have to show us photos of your life or your kids or your you know take photos of trees and and you know all your mm. various <laughs> converse stacked on top of each other you know I mean, it all sucked <laughs> obviously it was yeah. all like bad photos of latte art and stuff but you know the idea was that it was this it was creative and artistic as opposed to yeah. um merely uh spectacleizing your own life but that but then like two years after that instagram became the most like that by far mm. i mean you know way worse than facebook for that um yeah. and and kylie jenner uh is a really interesting case of that because she was able to you know comes from this legacy media family is able becomes the most viewed person I don't know if she still is but she certainly was for a while the mo- you know the account with the most followers on Instagram without you know like it's not like she just got uh, you know her family to buy that for her she was able yeah. to just conquer that to make because we want to look at rich people like the Kardashians so much and yeah. then she becomes a mum and now she's gonna she's gonna take over that fucking realm as well. I mean it's just yeah. an unstoppable behemoth yeah. of just guzzling yeah. everything in its wake hmm it was yeah so it is strange i'm just thinking about that lost time that pink and blue hue <laughs> that ugly <laughs> no one cared man no one even cared you when the filters fully yeah. just made your photos look shittier yeah literally, and they're just yeah, yeah. like you know this is like um, it was taken in the past on a pinhole camera but i i want to talk about a few people who who sort of struggled with this corporatization a few influencers who couldn't move with the times as it were um, Heather Armstrong's kind of one of them, where mm-hmm. sort of deliberately stepped away and found other means of doing it. But she was crowned. The New York Times Magazine crowned her the queen of the mummy bloggers. Wow! Um, this was at the peak of the blog, which was hang on, I have a timeline. Uh, yeah, it's like in 2011, around that time. So she'd appeared Damn. on Oprah Winfrey in 2009. She had. 8.5 monthly mil, mil, uh, million readers. Uh, the blog was earning $40,000 a month from banner ads. Um, she was also a Mormon. I don't know if that's important, but she she did go to the Mormon church. She left. But a few of them are Mormon, which is weird. I don't know what the connection is. Really? More uh, more than one of them is Mormon? I see yeah, she's from Utah. Our other, so our other topic, our other person is a Mormon as well. I mean, fairly loosely. She, they, they People throw in that Did she blog about Mormonism? I think briefly she she um the other the other person did but we'll we'll, we'll get on to that she kind of she talked about how uh, she mentions how the discipline of mormonism helped her with influencing yeah, <laughs> in that, like you're encouraged to do tasks for yourself oh fuck that man i hate that so much that reminds me of my favorite tweet which is uh P- pope francis's tweet that uh in a way, the Virgin Mary was the first influencer, <laughs> because with her, yes, she influenced a whole generation. I mean, come on, don't bring Christ into this. Mm. He's been through um, enough. It's 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 so she. The big thing that happened to her was that she and her husband got divorced, oh. um, which which sort of crumbled everything. That sort of changed everything about 
what was going on and after she yeah. became to uh, sort of fall into internet star and the hate she received to that contributed to a really harsh period of depression for her uh, mm-hmm. as she says sorry the hate was very very scary and very very hard to live through it gets inside your head and eats away at your brain it becomes untenable um, to the point at which she enrolled herself into an experimental clinical trial of uh, therapy in which she was put into um, sort of an induced coma for sessions for 10 Jesus days. Christ. Yeah. Very intense, yeah. Um, uh-huh. So... And? and uh, I mean, I think she's... She seems... It seems to work. Like, she seems to... She, she <laughs> came out of it. Uh, hang on, sorry. <laughs> I under, no, I understand. Look, this is always the answer to these things. It's always fuzzier than we expect. But when I hear that someone went into an induced coma, like, I want to see results. Like, I want to know that, like, yeah. her her posts um, improved. Yeah, uh, and basically, so she came out of that and then was not... Was sort of wanted to move on to another thing. She just didn't... It, that, that horse that dog didn't hunt anymore basically i want to talk a little bit more about the hate sorry though because so after her clinical trial sorry mm-hmm. trolls flooded mm-hmm. armstrong with hate mail and angry comments and started blogs of their own to pick apart dues she was a constant subject of conversation on gomi a website with forums dedicated to trash talking lifestyle bloggers Jesus. and on the blog snark subreddit the page views <laughs> that came in as, as a result helped juice's advertising rate soar Armstrong even started a website called Monetizing the Hate, which she's since taken down, where she aggregated the most heinous comments and made money off the site's banner ads. Um, <laughs> Holy shit, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Monetizingthehate.com. Yeah, literally. Um, the Armstrong wasn't subject to trolling from like men's rights activists, though, but rather it was fellow mums. They readers were critical of how much she shared about her children's lives and critiqued parenting choices she made. Um, now she's sort of moved on. She shares a home with her boyfriend, Pete Ashdown, an early internet mogul and fellow ex-Mormon, <laughs> I guess. Because <laughs> you know who hangs out more than Mormons is ex-Mormons. Um, so um, the other ex-Mormon influencer who I wanted to talk about, this sort of reflects the difficulty of corporatization in, in the opposite way, uh, was, was uh, Natalie Jean. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in 2011 she was an up and coming 29 year old blogger in the upper east side of New York with her husband and kids basically the perfect life she ran a blog called Nat the Fat Rat which allows her <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah. it's not yeah. it was the combination of you know she had the perfect life Nat the Fat Rat <laughs> you know, just straight chill <laughs> which she couldn't come up with anything more glamorous she lives on the Upper East Side with all her you know with her kids and she what was the significance <laughs> of Nat the Fat Rat well it was a way for her to make money off of housewifely bliss quote a Phyllis Schlafly-esque hypocrisy that might have seemed unbearably retrograde were it not for her love of Hillary Clinton's pro-choice politics and Rachel Comey's chic clogs Jesus um, Christ she was so- a kind of Sorry, yeah, go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that doesn't explain why she she chose to title her blog like the name of a mobster who's known for liking cheesecake. Like that doesn't like like a particularly gluttonous yeah, criminal. Loves, yeah, it's just so. Yeah, it is. I never read it out loud. I only started reading it. <laughs> How could um, you not know that that was going to tickle me? Yeah. The um. So basically, as her audience grew, the warm and fuzzy mummy blogging culture gave way to sanitized influencer culture. Mm-hmm. So, at the behest of a talent agency, I'm guessing this was you, she changed her <laughs> blog's name to the less playful Hey Natalie Jean. Oh, um, that's it. Sorry, that's it. That 
is the death of of internet culture in a in a single <laughs> sentence. Nat the fat rat went to hey hey Natalie G. What, what have you, man? You were not the fat rat. <laughs> you were you were the fattest rat. That's <laughs> you ate all the cheese. <laughs> she she certainly um it, you know mommy blogging is dead and we killed her basically. <laughs> That's like if iCarly was originally called like you know Carl's Bun and Zoots all day, you know, and they were like. <laughs> Carly, Carly, we're gonna we're gonna change it to a to a very normal internet thing. That's the that's it, man. That's that's death. Carly, you're you're great at everything other than the title. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so she changed the name. The content became more photo heavy and product driven. She started partnering with brands like Nina Z and Tiffany Co. And she found herself at parties with Julia Stiles and Emily Ratajkowski. You know, she was becoming same all that kind of influencer. <laughs> I always yeah. find myself that I don't even plan oh, on it. Oh, she good? Was she? Did you guys <laughs> chat? <laughs> yeah, she's. What did she's... you and Emily Ratajkowski talk about? Uh, Deleuze. You're in lockdown, sir. <laughs> I, <laughs> I broke it to have an awkward conversation by the punch with Emily Ratajkowski. <laughs> Sorry, that was a sincere mispronunciation. I wasn't even trying to do it. Um, so at her peak she made $70,000 in a year and the site was attracting nearly 700,000 visitors a month um, Damn. but the magic of it she says was completely gone in oh. 2015 things soured significantly she had become a fixture on Gomi at the site devoted yeah. to reading personal blogs and a rift developed between her and another Mormon style blogger at her church and the fallout felt like middle school cafeteria politics and then she had a riff with the church over there anti-LGBTQ plus policies stuff like that um, were you, were you saying I feel the, bitching, like I, the bitchiness of the Mormons yeah, yeah I feel like that. Like um, we're framing this as a story about you know about several factors women money early women. internet culture but I feel like it's clear that we're not giving enough credence to the fact that they're all Mormons that has to be yeah, yeah, yeah. somehow <laughs> they have one of the most esoteric religions in the United States and they're all Mormon that's yeah, crazy I don't know. They... and they're I Mormons love, across I the mean... country they're Mormons in New York they're Mormons in Utah yeah yeah literally maybe this is maybe that's how you crack the likes you know exactly yeah you gotta get those I Mormon gotta convert. posts I gotta... <laughs> not I how you win the oh fuck no I'm, I'm just sorry. imagining the bits is like mm, yes mm. You know, you're, you're, we're having a rift, aren't we? We're having a <laughs> we're having a tiff. This is a tiff. We're in a tiff. Yeah. Oh, I miss, I miss, um, yeah, I miss old internet feud culture as well, where like they would respond <laughs> back and forth to each other's blog posts, you know. And now instead we get Rebecca Vardy's lawyers typing out like twelve pages of cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> like that could have been so much more fun. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, uh, so she stopped going to church in 2014, and she started drinking. And it says here wearing tank tops and getting tattoos. I put in brackets. Got fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? She got so good. Um, tank tops, tattoos, also... drinking. <laughs> Those are all against Mormonism. If anyone's unclear, I don't think you can get tattoos if you're a Mormon. Or is that Jehovah's yeah. Witness? Oh fucking I, hell! I don't I... know anything. <laughs> My knowledge escapes me. She, but she also, in a slightly less funny note, she lost a lot of weight, and she said she felt wide and shaky, like a scared oh. mouse all of the time. So she never, she she always was not the fat rat. 
Okay, you really aren't explaining <laughs> what's going on under, underneath that. No, but for real, that's um, that's incredibly sad and very heavy and like. Yeah. Um, God bless. And then that. this kind of came to a pinnacle during her divorce, uh, her marriage. She also got divorced. She also got divorced. Yeah, you're Mormon influencer, and you get divorced. Mormon influencers do be getting divorced. Around the same time their marriage was really strained, uh, she said they felt like they lived on separate islands. Mm-hmm. There's also a weird <laughs> patriarchal run through here. She felt she had been cast in this old fashioned role. She was kind of cultivating and curating their family life yeah. as a professor. And, and internally for her, she said she also saw herself, um, sorry, this is the right thing, uh, as Adam's rib, as a helpmate and cheerleader whose purpose is to support him and raise his kids. Uh, no wonder she loved being a mum. She realised she was finally in charge of something. Damn. <clears throat> Holy shit, that's really good. That's also really good writing. Like, I really like that. Yeah, she's very reflective in, in her later years. So uh, the husband who's re- referred to as Holbs in this uh, is offered a professorship in Moscow, Idaho. This is where they lived when uh, he was getting his law degree. Suddenly, Natalie was miles away from her beloved city in a tiny, snowy western town. She was having trouble getting pregnant. She had a miscarriage. Um, Jesus. And she did a post. The f- so uh, the day they were supposed to pick up their keys to their new house, um, yeah. she says that the, the Holbs enumerated and all the reasons they shouldn't be together. Uh, Natalie's husband, ex-husband declined to comment on the story. Um, so the next day, Natalie rented a U-Haul, filled it with everything she could, carry herself, and drove it a few minutes down the road to a new house she was supposed to be sharing with her family leaving her husband of 12 years who was the second boy she'd ever kissed um her first post after the split read when life gets crazy intense stuff gets thrown all over everywhere pictures of flowers can help i am hoping courage knuckleheads (laughs) i mean i know she's going through it but i once again talking like like a mobster Are we I, sure? Are we sure? Yeah, are we are we sure? Are we sure this is I mean, a Mormon housewife? Went to Moscow, yeah, exactly. And not yeah to Moscow. Um, I know it was Moscow. I like I to know. think, yeah, she um, it's like Stan Lee saying, <laughs> like when like when dust to dust, stay strong, <laughs> true believers. You can overcome um, any depression, ya ya bozo. <laughs> awesome. She awesome! Said, Bring it back, man! Bring it back! None of this fucking bullshit irony posting. <laughs> Tweet flowers and mm. and admit that you're scared. <laughs> Cowards. Admit that death haunts you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and she ends. Hey, Natalie, wow. in 2016, not mentioning anything about her marriage. So this leads to a massive drop in follower counts, and she couldn't recuperate because you know life in Idaho is just not as glamorous as Upper East Side New York. Sucks. I hate she it. She suffered because of the sound. Emily, Emily's never shifts. there. She doesn't show up to the um, party. The low point came a full two years after they separated. She had moved from Moscow to Portland, or for a job at a startup. By the way, on her resume, it made no sense. She'd been ten years as a blogger, yeah. as an influencer, and you think that's like good cachet, but like it didn't translate now that the blog wasn't there anymore. Like it was yeah. a real hole in her resume, so she couldn't get jobs. So the low point came. She had moved from Moscow to Portland, Oregon, for a job at a startup that evaporated within a few months, and she was unemployed with no structure routine. Uh, she barely peel off the couch every day after drinking, after driving her son to school. Sorry, not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, worried that she was worried that her estranged husband would cut off her cash flow, so she hewed to a strict budget. 
but one day, sick of the depression, she took $16 of the Holbs money and signed up for a ballet class, uh, which she said was a place where I was allowed to be hard on myself and expect perse- perfection of myself. That's very sweet. Um, I like that. Do so your hobbies. She's doing better. She goes through this whole sort of feminist reinvention, this whole a bit eat, pray, love, really. She goes, <laughs> it's like, she says she doesn't, I don't want to exist for other people. I was still really aware of the fact that I didn't even know what the story was. Instead, she wrote in her journal, ugly, dark things she didn't want anyone to know. You know, she she downloads Tinder. She has period sex with a guy, like ripping off all sorts of weird band-aids yeah. for her. Um, so she sort of made it through. But it's just insane to me that the, 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 the pressures... You see the the effect of the corporatization, the, the yeah, cultural of it changes, the very fabric of it by taking on, by understanding how to market. Mm-hmm. The sort of the people you work with are on on the side of the, are on the big ship up there, you know. They're yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Turning your life into a commodity <laughs> means that these people, like, in you know, are assets. And as you struggle to live in this particular, like, yeah, and this is a classic like story that women you know, in sexist societies go through, which is that like, yeah, they're, they're often a lot is expected of them, but then when they, when they perform to a high level, we get uncomfortable, right? Like we don't know how to think about them. We don't mm-hmm. know what to do if, yeah, a, a successful mummy blogger, which is ostensibly like a conservative thing is also like a successful businesswoman. So you just, you know, how do you process that? Like, what do you, you know, what do you do with that information? Mm. Um, yeah. And the answer it's apparently like... is that you like swarm her comment section <laughs> and shame yeah. her for getting cool ass tattoos. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, but it's like, cause there's a thing because, okay. May Kowalski, who founded a company called obviously, which is influencer marketing brand, mm-hmm. uh, said, Brand sponsors don't care about your broken marriage. As Gee. long as your followers stay with you, we see brands being totally fine with divorce or child might be autistic or we're going to couples counseling. These guys, the oh. attitude of these guys is, the attitude of these guys is full, like, there's like, ah, we don't give a shit. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, give us chain smoking, maybe. Hollywood age. Like, people, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah. People thought the internet would be like a more compassionate place. And they were, fucking care if your kid is getting expelled from school he wears the matching jumpers and he stands in the fucking shot <laughs> oh your kid fell down have you thought about doing a snapchat scene <laughs> <laughs> we can do this we can break like, this it's off that, it's, 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 it's animalistic and it's this sort of loss of I think Heather Armstrong was right basically my overall point in all of this I know I, I've thrown a lot of spaghetti at the wall on this I, I got a little bit lost in the source if you continue with That's my right. spaghetti Jesus analogy. Christ um, <laughs> the, the ravioli of my but, analogies is falling apart <laughs> But it's just this weird um, multi-pronged gutting of of, of of corporatization and it just yeah. seems the it's it, it's sad to say because you know we don't always want to say oh it's always sanitized on Instagram they're always being fake I, I, I you want you the stories are there but it just sucks that the, the sort of respect those stories got when those mum blogs first started sort of seem to fall away yeah yeah <clears throat> absolutely me. and that's pejorative perhaps but but it's how I feel so why don't you just go to <laughs> deal with it um I'm really impressed by these people I and mean, these 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 women navigated like shifty waters that we were all gonna you know that that became the norm for like a lot of people under the mm-hmm. um 
yeah, the current kind of unstable online economy and stuff. And I think I think fair play to people like Heather Armstrong who have actively tried to step away from it. Absolutely. And a few, there's a few people who have moved to more non-profit organizations mm. um, in a bid to recapture that. And I think that's a noble... I think that's a noble quest. As far as the Wonka scale goes... Yeah. Um, there is something quite wonkery about taking Mars recipes and <laughs> building them and <laughs> putting them into a huge machine. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. But I, but I do not think uh, our two examples fall into that. I do, no, not really. I think... Wonka certainly... Uh would have been on the monetize the hate.com energy i think i think in a sense <laughs> yeah, when you yeah, make yeah. taffy out of That's the kids who, who uh, transgress <laughs> your your wishes um you're gonna find a way to monetize the hate but no i don't think it really applies um i'm just gonna restate my admiration uh for this i think it's really i think it's an amazing thing and i think that um navigating that early cult that early internet culture was profoundly difficult and it was it really was quite radical back then uh and as a result was quite difficult and i think that uh our two mormon divorcee money bloggers really blazed that trail um thank you so much for listening thanks a lot if if um we really appreciate all the listeners and all the people uh, telling other people about it please do spread the word mm. uh, like our page on facebook on instagram and on twitter uh it's rich underscore podcast on twitter it's and that's rich podcast for everything else uh you can also listen to it on soundcloud if that's your if that's your bag um and um that's we will have an episode in in a couple of weeks where royal come forth with a topic or culture thing. yeah in two weeks and, it'll be me um bringing you the tasty deets from the weird world of rich people i will certainly update you as to my bowel movements as well oh yeah yeah um, that's i mean that that segment uh, was gold i think we're leaving that in <laughs> that's what did daniel shit this week <laughs> um is the but um in the meantime uh, stay safe stay indoors and thanks so much for listening again bye Bye-bye.